I'd say for your listeners, they're 9th, 10th, 11th. Okay. They're yeah. the kind of cool, just outside of Central Paris, cheaper, more likely to find loads of bars. Yeah. So if you compare the 7th where I live right now. Yes. The full story is um, I was getting obsessed with this ancient archway that's two floors down under a post office that used to let this river run into Paris through the old wall 800 years ago. Yeah. Like, so it wasn't a culture shock about France, like, you know, it wasn't about the language or the croissants, or, not so much about that. The, the big shock for me was the change from coming from sort of new Europe to old Europe. Oh, wow. A fun one that I like to tell people is there's, um, on the doorways of Paris, these big old doors, huge, they used to be big enough to let the horse and carriage through in the yeah. old days, 400 years ago, whatever. Yeah. On these big doors of Paris, if you look carefully, and you'll see them, James, now that I've mentioned it to you, yeah. they have... Welcome to the Winging It Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond, where every Monday I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me. So tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, traveler, gap year student, or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. This is a casual, informative podcast designed for you to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share, and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode where I'm joined in Paris by the host of the Earful Tower podcast, Oliver G. Today we're going to discuss Paris, a bit of France as a whole, Oliver's background, and of course, Oliver's podcast. Super excited about this as we're in person doing the interview. Oliver, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, James. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. So please tell listeners, right now in Paris, where are we? We are sitting in the window of the cafe called Le Peloton, which uh, we're in the Marais, we're right near the Seine. In fact, I can almost see the Seine over your shoulder. Oh, wow. And Le Peloton, it's a, it's a cafe that's got a kind of cycling background. So Le Peloton is a French, I think it's an English word as well. But yeah, it's like I, the, I know it, yeah. yeah. It's like the group of cyclists. Yeah, cyclists. And yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and we're um, in the fourth arrow this month, the fourth neighborhood of 20, and yeah. pretty central in the city. Awesome. I'm going to ask you later on about the districts and about what they entail. But first of all, a bit of backstory. You're Australian? Correct. So where in Australia are you from? I'm from, I'm really from all over, like I was born in Melbourne, grew up on the east coast and yeah. then sort of, I don't know what formative years are, but I feel like my formative years were on the west coast, so when people say where are you from, I don't even, I don't even have an answer, <laughs> but like really all over the place. Okay. I've lived longer in Paris than I lived in any city in Australia, so. Got it. Um, so confused about where I'm from, but Australia is the one, the one thing that's for sure. Okay, and Paris, why here? I got a job, I was working in um, Stockholm, Stockholm, Sweden as a journalist and yeah. then uh, an opportunity came up in the Paris office and I, I, I applied for the job and I got it so I moved here eight years ago to work as a journalist and uh, haven't left since, well I left on holidays, <laughs> yeah. so. it's yeah. not a prison but uh, yeah I've been here for eight years. Wow and did you speak French before that? I thought I did. Oh, I really okay. thought I did. In yeah. fact, I even said in the job interview that I spoke French. And I was like, it might be rusty, but I'll pick it up. And then when I got here, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't speak French at all. <laughs> so I learned it at school. In Australia, you learn it at school, but that's not really saying much. Mm. And then I did it a bit at university, but still, it, like, 
there's nothing that compares to in like in Paris or in France actually speaking to people. Um, so I spoke terribly. I'd say I was one out of ten when I got here at best. Okay. Yeah. And also, I think the best way to learn is in the place. And in Canada, you, you speak French Canadian. Sure. Not looked kindly upon by the French, I don't think. No, I think. Um, well, I don't know. I know that. Um, but where are you in Vancouver or? Yes. So they speak the French there as yeah. well? Is it? Okay, okay. Just a little bit. Yeah. But I think, honestly, you probably need Mandarin. Really? Yeah, half the population is Asian. Orientation, uh -huh. So okay. it is taught in schools, but maybe not as prevalent as maybe like someone in Montreal. Wow. Ontario. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I know that um, I find it hard to understand that Quebecois, like that Canadian French, yeah. but um, I don't know how French people look on it or whether they can converse easily, but um, I know it's very different. Yeah, someone described it as like a, excuse the language here, a bastardized type of French. Yeah. I don't really know what that means, but it sounds more simplified maybe. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, interesting. That could be a whole extra episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe for me, maybe yeah, not for yeah. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so you're in Paris, come here from Australia. I want to just quickly talk about, maybe when you first arrived, was there culture shock? Was there a bit of a adaptation period of time? Sure, there was a bit, I, it was, it was kind of interesting because, because I'd come via Stockholm, and Stockholm is like light years ahead of the average for everything. Yes, of course. Right? Yeah. It's like futuristic almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not as futuristic as maybe, I don't know, Singapore or something like that, but, yeah. but for Europe especially, mm. right? And then, so coming to Paris, from there was really, it felt like going back in time to come to this city. Oh wow, okay. Because just little things, there's little things like, that you maybe wouldn't, if you lived here, you wouldn't even think about it. Like at right. the time, I remember when I got to the Charles de Gaulle airport, yeah. to move here with my suitcases and everything, that there were um, phone booths, you know, telephone booths where yeah. you put the coin in, yeah, and like those things are so long gone. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're... They're for criminals, aren't they? criminals like... Maybe, I don't know. Maybe in, I was in Australia recently, they use them, they've turned them into free telephones now, so you can call any, phone, any landline, any mobile Oh wow! from okay. those phone booths around Australia. Yeah. That's what they are. So you can still use them. Mm. But but just those little things or like, like so it wasn't a culture shock about France. Like, you know, it wasn't about the language or the croissants or not so much about that. The, the big shock for me was the change from coming from sort of new Europe to old Europe. Oh wow. Um, but then of course, like the language, but everybody, yeah, you know, yeah. that's nothing new there. I'm quite surprised that actually. I thought it would be the Australian you'll be cop shop but the fact I'm from Sweden which is not yeah, that far it's totally different though but yeah. I was in Sweden for um, four or five years so okay. I, I had sort of assimilated there yeah. and then to come here again was like to change everything again so and, and, and it's different too because if you had to come from just Australia or Canada or England or whatever to yeah. to Paris it's uh, it's a different uh, it's a different kind of jump like it's a mega jump from home to a new place yeah. whereas I'd already sort of got used to this idea of being in a foreign country with a foreign language mm. and foreign system and you know different way of banking just everything so I was already kind of prepared for a jump into a new country like France okay um, yeah it's cool it's like I was prepared for it and you need to be prepared for it because it's very different to live here than to visit here for a week I think if you're straight in from somewhere completely different it must be tough anywhere really like, mm. to get an absolute culture shock and join here it must be quite tough actually mm. and there's, a, there's huge differences for people who live here or like for me I got a business here now yeah this, I still have culture shocks about how things work here, like with accounting or yeah, with yeah, um, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, yeah. that, and, and that's also like hugely different from the tourists who come here and go to the Louvre, go to the Eiffel Tower. They don't see any kind of culture shocks when they come here, but yeah, so it is. Okay, and we're gonna just 
dip into Paris itself. But first of all, very quickly, have you, you mentioned Stockholm? Any other travels between Australia and Stockholm in here? Travels as in like holidays? I've been yeah. a lot, I've traveled an awful lot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah I love yeah. to travel. Um, Any like, highlights maybe? Yeah, fairly recently I was in um, Italy. I love oh, Italy. Last week I was there. Yeah. Oh nice. Where did you go? We went to San Marino, uh -huh. not Italy, obviously. Uh, Rimini, Genoa, Rome, and Yeah, okay, nice, yeah. I was in Rome as well, but then I went a little bit all over the place. We rented a car and we drove to a really small town out on the east side. And then we uh, we left my young son with his grandparents. Okay. And then me and my wife drove over to Siena for a wedding. And we explored around there a little bit. So Tuscany, it was, it was oh. incredible, yeah. It was really, really nice. And then back to Rome again. So um, I love that. Uh, I was in Australia recently, but traveling, we rented a car in Brisbane. So yeah. for those who don't know Australia, like, Australia's a big old country. We're at the top right, yeah. and we drove all the way to the sort of bottom right, which okay. is a mega journey. That's actually. huge. It took, it took weeks, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, I know there's two good trips I did in the last year that were great, but I, I love traveling. I traveled, I traveled an awful lot. Yeah. Especially before, like, especially when I was in my 20s. Yes. Those were the days. The free oh, sort yeah, of responsibility. Yeah. Zero, <laughs> yeah, zero responsibility. And also zero budget, so it was a bit different. Yes, you know, of course. But yeah. um, I look back on those days very fondly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, tell me about it. I'm trying to recreate that now on my trip. Okay, good. Bit different. Yeah. Early 30s now. Yeah. Stuff going on. But you don't have kids or anything? No, no. Okay, well, enjoy the free. Yeah. <laughs> We'll slightly touch on that later with your podcast because sure. I know you and your wife do co-host it occasionally. Yeah. Um, first, Paris. So your podcast is all about Paris. Yep. Very successful. Again, we'll come to that in a bit. I'm going to ask some basic quick-fire questions about Paris, about your opinions. So three districts in central Paris, you mentioned 20 years before, that maybe people should visit. And yep. what does each one of those offer that's a bit different to the others? So the ones that are off the beaten track, you mean? Yeah. Okay. It's tough because like part of me is like you, you've got to visit all the main ones. Yeah. And the main ones, once again, for people who don't know, it goes one to twenty in a sort of uh, clockwise snail shell kind of yes. formation, right? So from one to seven, that's all central and touristy. Yeah. Anything after seven is is getting a little bit out of there. So I'd recommend people should try um, 18th for sure, which is Montmartre, oh. but there's more to it as well. Like yes. uh, sort of descending into the south part of it, which is nearing into the 9th in Pigalle. Okay. So if anyone's under 40, yeah, definitely go there. <laughs> go out at night, have yeah. some fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what your typical listeners' age is, but um, millennial. Millennial. Okay, yeah. then definitely. Then yeah. uh, 9th and 10th. The 10th is kind of the cool uh, hipster part. There's the yeah. Canal Saint Martin. Going into the 11th, I'd say for your listeners, then 9th, 10th, 11th. Okay. They're yeah. the kind of cool, just outside of Central Paris, cheaper, more likely to find loads of bars. Yeah. So if you compare the 7th, where I live right now, yes. Eiffel Tower and yeah. so on, yeah. uh, dead boring to live. Like you can't find bars, no cheap, there's no happy hours really or anything oh, okay. like that. Yeah. Whereas if you compare that to the 11th, yeah. it's only bars with happy hours. It's like a totally different vibe, and I think um, it's worth putting a bit of sort of research into where you stay if you're coming to Paris so that you know you know it's nice to be near the Eiffel Tower but if you're 27 years old and you want to go out you're not going to enjoy it very much plus it's like super expensive it's expensive yeah, yeah. So even the, the coffee price is double in price when you go from I think we're staying in Levin did I say that yeah. I think uh, in Bercy area yep. um, which is really nice but yeah. coming here it's like double the price of coffee oh sure well yeah. if you were to go to the Eiffel Tower area you'd double again oh. it's crazy it's, it's I don't get away with it uh, well, I mean, I guess I there's, well, there's so many, well, the people that live there uh, often are 
extraordinarily wealthy, yeah. right? But also, like, a lot of the tourists are tired and confused and don't care, and they want to sit and have a Coca-Cola because yes. they've just been walking all day, and yeah. they don't care if Coca-Cola is 8 euros. They just want one, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. So, they, yeah. you know, they play, and I can't even imagine what the rent costs for a cafe near the Eiffel Tower. I don't even want to imagine. <laughs> Do you know what I realized today? Obviously, people imagine Paris right now. Tall buildings. I guess there's apartments and apartments or flats. If you're at the top and you've got a sofa to move in, you have to get the guys with the ladder, don't you? And that they move it all up yeah, there. Yeah, it's like a crane sort of. Crane like service, a, yeah, yeah. I love that thing. Yeah, it's I love great, watching it? that. Yeah, because there's no. Um, often they don't have elevators either. Oh, okay, right. So a lot of people rent one of those things for the whole move, not even seal, not even for the whole. Um, for a sofa, just for everything. They put yeah. it on those raised, it's like a sort of flatbed crane. Yeah. And uh, there's a guy at the top that carries it all. Yeah, yeah. Pretty dangerous as well. There's no safety raising. Like oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> Old Europe. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a dream, really. It's, it's so <laughs> nice to come from, you obviously would understand this, from Canada. It's all new, isn't it? It's nice to come back sometimes, back to where I'm from, and it's like, oh. There's some old stuff here. Yeah, right. Just kind of go back to your roots a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah you should nice. walk about 100 meters from where we're sitting is a is an ancient house, like a, one of the oldest houses in Paris. Half really? timber and beautiful. I don't know what year it is, but it must be, I don't know, at least 400 years old. You should check it out. Wow, okay. That kind of leads me nicely onto the next question. I did the segue for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> thank you very much. On your Instagram, I see that you just do like top things to do. Like taking things off, maybe sure. more touristy things. So I know people know the Eiffel Tower, yeah. Arc de Triomphe. Just a quick fire, ten tourist spots that people should definitely visit. Like you can include Eiffel Tower. For the fine. first timer. Yeah, first timer. Yeah. Okay, then you take off the main museum, so like the Louvre, the Musée yeah. d'Orsay. You could even go to the Rodin Museum, which yeah. maybe it could come in eleventh. Like it's not super, super <laughs> famous. But then, as you said, Arc de Triomphe, yeah. uh, Eiffel Tower. Well, I'd, I'd put in walk along the Seine, yeah. or get a boat and ride along it, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I'd add like a brilliant restaurant, especially like for me, I like food, but I'm not a foodie. Like, okay. uh, and I, I just as much like a restaurant that's got a lot going for it in the interior. Yep. There's one called, in English, you'd say the blue train, the town blue. Okay. It's astonishingly beautiful. You should go check it out. Yeah, it's I, not I, far from where you stay. Okay. Um, it's, imagine the blue train, but say in French, it's Train Bleu. My French too. It's okay. in the Gare de Lyon, which is a train oh, station. Oh, it's right near. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so it's like gilded interiors and just and just going for coffee. Like if you're on a budget, you can yeah. get an espresso and yeah. and be polite to them because they obviously would prefer that you're not just having an espresso. But it's like Versailles, and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I'd say you know go out along the Canal Saint Martin for something a bit different, which is a big canal that runs through the sort of. 12th, 11th, 10th, 19th districts and just hang out around there. Yeah. That's got to be 10 things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, weren't counting, but it seems like 10. <laughs> yeah. So what I did on Instagram is I realized that I was getting very um, sort of offbeat with the things that I... Because I've been here for eight years now and yes. I'm always seeking out cool, interesting things. Yeah. The full story is um, I was getting obsessed with this ancient archway that's two floors down under a post office that used to let this river run into Paris through the old wall 800 years ago. Yeah. And as I was like talking about on the show, I had this revelation that a lot of the listeners actually are brand new to Paris, yeah. right? And they're like, I just want to go the Eiffel Tower. And I feared that I was maybe being a bit too offbeat for some people. So this year I just brought it back and did a few mm. really basic lists. Yeah, I saw them. Yeah. So 10 things to do on your first trip, second trip, third trip. And they went ballistically. They went like viral, like 100,000 hits on the reels on Facebook and stuff like that on each of them. And I was like, okay, there's definitely an appetite for yeah, this stuff as well. Yeah. And as much as I love to go underground and find really weird stuff, 
I realized I had to be careful not to be too weird. Otherwise, you know, it's a business as well. Yes. You know, and I know that the core listeners to my show will be like, oh my God, he did it. He got down to the, like Indiana Jones, he did it. But there's a balance. I can't just be doing things that I desperately find, you know, fulfilling yeah, and yeah. that I know the core listeners. I have to, you know. But you, but you have got listeners who are interested in that. It's an interesting one. It's like, I do long form. Yeah. Normally these podcasts are like an hour, hour two, two hours long. I know this is short form, Marcus. I have to do it for me. I have to do a short form one on a Friday. Sure. Just get both back. Right. So yeah, you, maybe you can do like a little nichey ten minute yeah. like, off the beach track yeah. one thing. Yeah, that's really cool. Point. I mean, the thing is, it's just I think it's just being. Um, if you want to make, it depends. If you if you're a millionaire, you can make whatever podcast you want. But if you're trying to build a brand, uh, you need to please people as well. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I'm not just going to do ten ways to climb the Eiffel Tower, ten ways to visit the Louvre Museum, because then I would lose interest in it myself. But it's quite, I find it quite interesting. There's a balance that you have to find in yep. making a show that, mm. to make it successful. Okay, that's great. Kind of again leads me on nicely to the next question. It's almost like I do this for a living. <laughs> Have you got my notes? <laughs> No, I specifically asked not to say Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, true, true. My next question was, a personal favourite, so a lesser known, or just a personal recommendation, just one thing that you love seeing in Paris that maybe people are not sure about or don't even know about? Um, could be a site, could be a restaurant, yeah, could be anything. I think um, a fun one that I like to tell people is, there's um, on the doorways of Paris, these big old doors, huge, they used to be big enough to let the horse and carriage through in the yeah. old days, 400 years ago, whatever. Yeah. On these big doors of Paris, if you look carefully, and you'll see them, James, now that I've mentioned it to you, they have these curious little ornaments on the bottom left and bottom right. Okay. They're called chasse in French, and they can be shaped like anything like a sphere or a block of iron uh, or a stone cylinder or whatever to ornate kind of dragons of gold and so on. And these things were built to prevent the wagon's wheels from damaging the buildings they went in, right? Kind of a weird backstory, but what I like about it is, super niche, but what I like about it is these are everywhere in Paris. They're right under your nose. 99% of people don't know what they're for and probably ignore them. But once you see them, it's free to do too. Once you see them, you'll see them as you you leave here now because they're all around here. You'll get a new appreciation for this weird kind of architectural detail. Now you know what it is and you'll go, oh, this kind of gives me a glimpse into what Paris used to be like because yeah. the more ornate or intricate these things are, the more you know that inside that courtyard there are wealthy people, so yeah. there's maybe some cool secrets behind that door. Yeah. And so I'd recommend it. And when I do walking tours for people, or I, I often tell people, look out for them, find them. And then people message me afterwards like, it's like a treasure hunt. I couldn't stop <laughs> looking for them in the city. So I'd tell people, if you want to do something a bit cooler in Paris, keep your eye on those things and, and tell the person you're walking along with what they are and they'll be astonished by your amazing knowledge of this city. Is there like an app for that? Not I'd imagine someone creating an app where yeah, like, you can tick them off. Like, like a little map around the Paris. It's cool because some of them are yeah. so weird. Like, yeah, there's like yeah, lion yeah. head ones. And then yeah. there's some that are just super boring. Like we're sitting in front of right now some sort of these yellow iron things. Yes. Like there's some that look just like that. Like not you wouldn't write home about it. Mm. But they're cool too because it tells a story. It shows you what the maybe poorer people had out the front of their house. Yeah. And then you go to the next door and there's something incredible. I wish we could see some from where we're sitting, but they're all small doors. Just share a picture of it on your uh, social media so people know. I'll, I'll get it from you so they can kind of visualize. No, you'll be taking pictures when you leave. Oh, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be addicted to them. You'll see. <laughs> you'll be messaging me about it in a couple of days, I reckon. <laughs> Wish I'd say longer, mm. before you leave tomorrow. But anyway, we're in a coffee shop called Le Paraton. Is there, you know, just like, speak too loud here, is there another favourite cafe you like going to coffee? Uh, yeah, there's lots of, there's, um, 
There's one called or traditional Kutum, French. Kutum, no, I don't really go for the traditional French ones because they don't serve good coffee. It's like, I just don't like it. Yeah. In, Australia, in Australia, we take coffee fairly seriously, and uh, this kind of new wave of coffee shop like this one we're in, yeah. there's a lot of them opening up, and I really like them. And so there's one on the left bank called Kutum. It's the word custom in French, C-O-U-T-U-M-E. And they kind of really started this. In fact, look at the beans up here on the wall. That's Kutum. You see under those three dots? Yes. So that's yeah. like a brand now that's really taken over, but they do it excellently well. Um, uh, that's another good one. Uh, man, I've written the whole list of them. I found the best one in every district. So, But those two, this one on the right bank and that one on the left bank. Brilliant, okay. And what about the best time of year to visit? I don't know. I think a lot of, I mean, probably summer. I think in August is, um, Everything closes in August, which I really like. Like everything, like like wow, like bakeries and yeah. cafes and restaurants. A lot of things just gone. And some tourists who you know saved up all year and want to come here for something specific might be disappointed by that. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to try something that happens to be closed. That sucks. But I like it because the city's way empty. All the Parisians go on holiday, you know. Um, so I'd recommend. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, re I recommend coming in August, but I think for the most pleasing for everybody is probably probably May, May June, just before it gets too hot. Cool. You know? Okay. I'm in Australia. I don't think it gets too hot. Yeah, exactly. Really, yeah, but, yeah. but in terms of trying to answer for everybody, come just before it gets too hot, or September, just before it gets too cold. Okay. And what about budget? I guess that's what make of it. You can be you can be budget. You can be expensive. Yeah. It's hard one to answer, really. But it's impossible to answer, yeah. but if we're talking to a millennial crowd, let's say, I mean, I like to think you can... I know because I moved here, I was really broke when I first got here. I put the, the two-month bond on the apartment. I was, I was properly broke, right? I had an income, but I, I didn't have spending money on anything. Yeah. And it's easy. Like, you can do it. You can, you can get a, a baguette for one euro. Yeah. Like, that's, that can be your dinner if you're really struggling, <laughs> yes. you know? And so there's a lot of things you can do here that are free, like so many things, like even just walking around, it's like the national sport is walking around in Paris. Sport, but you know what I mean. Um, like you don't need to be paying, like, like I said for that Crime Bleu restaurant, you don't need to go in there and have a three course meal for 80 euros when you can go in and have an espresso there for, it'll be expensive, but it's four euros for an awesome experience, you know? Um, so for budget, I, I honestly, I mean, if you're on holiday here, the biggest expense is going to be where you stay. And then after that, you, like, just be smart. If you're really struggling, don't go out for the cocktails. You know? <laughs> just walk more. You see, there's a lot to get out of the city. And if you're fortunate enough to be on a mega budget, there's definitely things for you here as well. Like, yeah. this is, there's a lot of luxury in this city too. I don't touch most of it, but like you go to the Champs Elysees, you can go shopping. There's all these like the flagship stores of, yeah, there is, yeah. of Louis Vuitton and Dior and all that stuff. I don't go in there, <laughs> but it's there. You know, there's something for everybody. Yeah. But I think it's probably a exaggeration to say this is too expensive, especially compared to like the Nordics. You go to Oslo or Stockholm or even Copenhagen. It's so expensive, isn't it? Like it's, it's disgusting. <laughs> like, I mean, here you can get a glass of wine on this street in central Paris. There's bars and restaurants. You can get a glass of wine for four or five euros, yeah. probably anywhere. In Stockholm, I don't think that's even possible. I don't think it's even possible to get one for under 10 euros. Honestly, it's like I remember it's, it's a different currency there, but it's the equivalent of like 13 euros for a cheap glass of wine in a restaurant in Stockholm. Isn't that sick? Yeah. I don't even know how it's possible. Well, I, they just earn <laughs> it a is, lot I guess, more. But yeah, yeah. If you're earning there, it's okay. But if you're visiting, it's, it's tricky. It's a tricky city. It's a beautiful city, though. It is known for that, though, isn't it? Nordic country has been really and, expensive. And ABBA. Of course. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah, you're a fan? Yeah, yeah. yeah I love ABBA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that. No, no, no. I mean, I love ABBA. They're great. I've been to their museum. They've got a museum there now. 
Have yes. you been to Stockholm? I have not. Oh, you must. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, done the, I've done the cheat where you go to Copenhagen and go across the bridge to Malmo. Malmo, yeah. I've been to Sweden. That not counts. That counts. counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's ticking There's off. There's a though. lot more to Sweden than Malmo, <laughs> yeah. though, I must say. Yeah. yeah. But Copenhagen's very lovely, too. Oh, beautiful city. Yeah. yeah. Lo love the vibe. Vibe's yeah, yeah, yeah. I also love the vibe here, Paris. Yeah. I'm not a fan of London, so I find people might say same, same, but I, I totally think Paris got its own vibe, it's a bit more... Compared to London? Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I think London's uh, too big, like this, you can really walk, like, you could walk, so we're central now and you're yeah. staying in the 11th, yeah. Yeah. you could walk there maybe in half an hour Just on the river. Yeah, and in Drink. London it feels like you can't really walk, like anywhere. Yeah. Like, it's just too big. I was there fairly recently, I had something on the other side of town, same in Sydney, I was in Sydney recently, yeah. and I was with some people, they're like, oh, it's on the other side of town, we're not going to go. I'm like, oh wow, that's, that would never happen here. <laughs> like, rarely. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just the way it's planned out. Because Paris, do you feel like all the districts are just essential, right? It is sure. easy to navigate, yeah. maybe. Well, or maybe sure. it's just a matter of where they've drawn the like the ring around what counts as London and what counts as Paris. Because yeah, you know? obviously, yeah. there's loads of uh, suburbs outside yeah. of Paris that still counts as it. And London's maybe just bigger. I don't know, I'm not a town planner. Same, same as me. <laughs> just a podcaster. Yeah, I'm trying to be. Okay, just finish on sort of Paris and France. Just on France, any other sort of cities or towns just very quickly that you liked visiting or Yeah, sure. Recommend? So um, when it was for my honeymoon, oh, yeah? I drove around the whole country on a scooter, like a yeah. little, um, like a Vespa. So I've been all over the country, like literally all, all over. Very trending, Vespa. Is it? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well, that's bad because it wasn't actually a Vespa, but it was. The <laughs> I'm not trending. <laughs> uh, but but there's lots of towns that we discovered uh, to be really cool. So like there's a town called Annecy yep. down near the Alps, like sort of almost Swiss-like beautiful lake, stunning, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And then if you're into history, there's a city or a town called Carcassonne that I loved. Mm -hmm. Really ancient history, castles, ramparts, that kind of stuff. Yep. And then, um, gosh, there's so much going on. There is. It's the most visited country in the world, isn't it? France, officially. I think Paris is definitely the most visited Paris, city, so yeah. probably via that. But yeah. also, I've, I understand that's also because so many like British people come through France to go to Spain or Portugal yeah. or, or Belgium or whatever. So that fact is like a little, it's a bit of a dodgy fact. Yeah. Because it's it's also by chance, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's a stopover yeah. country. But, yeah. but I mean, if you're younger, I'd totally recommend southwestern France, where there's lots of student cities. Yeah. Very cheap, like Toulouse and near yeah. Bordeaux and that kind of stuff. Um, that's cool. That's a cool place to be hanging out. Mm. So um, I'd recommend that to anybody. I think if you're from the UK, where I'm from, I think of France. Of course, Paris there, but south of France. Of course, I didn't even mention. Oh, the yeah. whole Riviera is yeah, one, yeah. Of those, one of my favorite places in the world. I love yeah. it down there. Didn't even think to recommend it. Maybe <laughs> I'm trying to keep it a secret. Yeah. It's probably too late though, right? <laughs> No, but there's loads, of, there's loads of little towns along there, not just Nice, not just uh, Marseille, but, but everything in between. The small towns are really, really great. There's some yeah. little pearls down there. So like Antibes, A-N-T-I-B-E-S, Antibes. That's um, like just that little place. Many people haven't heard of it, but Never heard it's, of it. um, it's, yeah. it's pristine. I love it down there. Okay. Yeah, so we got the train from Genoa to Monaco. Mm -hmm. And that, I know it's Monaco, I get it, but like those little towns, high-rise towns, yeah. part of Riviera. Doesn't Monaco count as a country? You can tick that off as an extra country. That's what we've done it, yeah. yeah. Is that what you did? Yeah, yeah. Same with San Marino. We've done the Micro Nations tour. So Monaco, San Marino, back in the city. Yeah. All done a week. What about Liechtenstein? That's in a few weeks. Uh huh. That's yeah. one. For me personally. Cool. Not so we're going to delve into your podcast. Sure. Again, a nice little leeway. The Eiffel Tower podcast. Love the pun. Thank you. I think 
judging from my research, very well known. Got some stats for you. You've got this on the website. On the website, seventy thousand followers across, I guess, many multiple platforms. Over two million downloads. Yeah. Uh, 8K on your newsletter. And yeah. you've done this since 2017. Yeah, I think so. So that is, it's done all right, isn't it? Where'd you get all those stats from? Is oh, that on my website? Some bit of research. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think that all sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. There's, it is fairly, I'm surprised. It's, it's weird with the podcast because you put an episode out and it's not like, like a YouTube video where there's a thousand comments underneath sure. and people, YouTube viewers are used to commenting on things, for example, and yeah. you can see that there's a lot of interaction. Whereas with a podcast episode, there's not even any way really to comment. There's social yes. media, but it's not like you True. listen to an episode and then go, oh, I better go on Instagram to leave my thoughts. Yeah. So it can sort of feel like uh, an almost, I don't know, lonely isn't the word, but it's like you put things out into the, the people listen to on their walks or in their car or whatever, and then you often don't hear anything back. Yes. So it's weird. I know I have a community, but it's it's an invisible community. Yes, exactly. And it's exactly. kind of uh, unusual, yeah. but like you say, it's a well-known, like it's someone, no, not someone, a bunch of Americans sent me that um, there's a TV show, I didn't even know the name of it, but it's very similar to Jeopardy in America. Yeah. Um, no idea what it's called. I think it was like the, what Jeopardy became or something. Um, and one of the questions was popular uh, travel podcast, a popular travel podcast about Paris is called the ear for what? And the guy got it. The guy got it right. I might maybe got the words a little bit. I, I, but the next day, I woke up and all these messages from America. Like, oh my god, you made it! You're you're the answer on a Jeopardy style TV show in America. So it's, I don't know. Super super surprising to me, but it's uh, it's I guess it's it's out there. Now. People, yeah. People know about it. It's the invisible audience. The invisible audience. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're a YouTuber and you got it on YouTube, but you're right. I know they're millennials because I just see the stats right? yeah. on Spotify podcasters and all this but sure. again if you're listening right now I have no idea who you are yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but thanks for listening but can you tell our listeners what your podcast obviously is about Paris but maybe just a few lines about sure well, it's, it's um, what I like to do is is I find people that make this city the city of light yeah. find the people that make the city of light shine so it might be anyone from like a mayor or an actor or a sports okay. star or a coffee owner or yeah. um, a street sweeper. I'm just making all these up. But anyone yeah. that might have an interesting story or an interesting angle in the city, I like to interview them about the city and their, their job, but mostly about the city. Um, but then also mixed in with interviews is like experiences. I might do things like I might go to a fantastic yes. restaurant or yeah. a chateau and then talk about it. Sometimes, like you said, my wife is like a co-host with me yes. because it's easier than just me talking for half an hour to have someone to yeah. sort of roll with the punches. And then um, sometimes I just sometimes I just go by myself and tell my own story. It's also like this sort of ongoing journey of my time in, in Paris. And you know I've written books and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's um it's 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 it changes. It's I don't think it's ever dull, but it's it's also a part of that is that it's not the same thing every single week. You know? It's not just always an interview for 30 minutes with, a, with an yeah. author or something like that. You know, I'm always changing it up. And now I don't. I didn't even know how many. Three, four hundred episodes or something like that. Three hundred or so. Just like three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah. So after a while, you, those things don't even become. Same with the download figures. It doesn't become. Doesn't. Yeah. It, it sort of it doesn't. Unless you're really chasing some kind of sponsor for some kind of reason. It doesn't, it's, it's more like you, for me anyways, I want just the show to be as good as it can be and make yeah. sure that, it's, that I'm proud of it and it doesn't really make a difference if a few more people do or don't listen. It's more about the overall picture. You know, so. Yeah, you're right, because I think at the start you might get into the stats. Everybody you, does. Yeah, yeah, you want to know where you are. I used to always look at, I used yeah. to, I could tell you to the nearest, I don't know, five or something in the because there were probably only five people listening, right? Yeah. 
But once once it grows, it's you realize it's you a dangerous thing to be just for years chasing that you get more. Da- Especially, it doesn't make any difference. No. Like listeners doesn't necessarily pay rent or anything like that. No, so no, so absolutely. Doesn't matter, you know. Like it's just just put out a good show. That's way more important. A lot of new podcasts that's focused on stats and stuff. Yeah. It's really it's not important. Just do the best you can do. And that's why they stop. I don't know if you know much about podcast stats in general, but I think active over three million in the world right now. But three million active podcasters. Active. Yeah. That that means they could have posted two months ago. But actual active in terms of week to week or bi-week. Do you mean listeners or podcasts? Podcasts. Uh uh-huh, yeah, So yeah, three yeah. million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a ten percent of those what you call really like active whether weekly sure. or bi weekly. Well there's a stat I read about something it's like it's a crazy percentage of new podcasts yeah. of, of podcasts in general don't go beyond nine episodes yes that's right yeah uh, like most people give up before that and I get it especially if you're chasing stats a lot of people yeah. think that they're just gonna um, make it because they're quite entertaining person and it's, it's just it doesn't work out it doesn't work out I mean your friends listen for the first few months you know when I started mine I didn't even tell my friends oh did not no, no I didn't invite any of them to the Facebook page or anything oh, when I friend. started I was Good just way. like because um, otherwise it, I feared that after six months it would just be the same yeah. 30 people there and then <laughs> and then what you know exactly. so I didn't tell anyone I think I still have friends in Australia who don't know what I do I know because one of them because they did, there was a big write up about the podcast in the National Australian newspaper and radio and I had some of my closest friends from before yeah. when I lived there were like um, I didn't know that's what you were doing I was like, wow that really, <laughs> really went under the radar with yeah, yeah. yeah. But it also, I'm not making it for them, anyway. I'm not making it for my family. I don't expect them to listen. My, my friend said to me, he's an editor, he said, um, you know, you're not doing a podcast while 15 friends. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's yeah. a good point. Like, you make it for other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, my point was that at the start, they'll listen, family and friends, but sure. then they'll just tell you off, and you of need, course, the, you yeah. need the generic people. Sure. Out. I want Paris fans to listen to my show. I don't yeah. want my... Um, I don't want my old high school friends to listen unless no. they care about Paris. Well, be, there's no point yeah. for them. Like, save them the time. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. And do you speak French and English on your podcast? Or just, just English? English yeah, just English. Ever attempted to do a French speaking? I think I did. Um, I did one that was like, had a 10 or 15 minute French bit in it. But yeah. it, it was more because the, the guest was a French teacher. And it was to demonstrate how to teach French or something like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. She interviewed me even in French. I can't remember. But, um... But no, 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 I, uh, my whole thing is like making France and Paris accessible to people. And yeah. so if I were to do things in French, it would make it inaccessible to the majority of the audience. And that would be shooting myself, not in my foot, but probably like in my kneecap. Kneecap, maybe? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any higher up. I don't yeah. even know. <laughs> okay, and how long is an episode length? And how often do you post? Um, every week. Yeah. On average, over the past five years, it's probably every single week. I bet it works out. Because some, for a period I did, when I used to care about the stats, yeah. I did two a week. Okay. Because I, it raised the statistics. And then I was like, well, this is silly. I could just do one every day. And then it's not really... It's all relative. Yeah. yeah. So I, and then sometimes I take a bit of time off, like when my son was born or yeah. whatever. And I just go, like, I'm taking a month off. It's the end of the season. Yeah. And um, so one a week and episode, I would say it's meant to be 30 minutes. But on average, it's probably 40. Because okay. there's some longer ones I sometimes yeah. do. Like when Notre Dame burned, I did a really sort of in-depth, sort of meaningful interview with yeah. someone who was there that it meant a lot to. And that went for like an hour. So sometimes it's a, it's a bit longer, but typically it's about 30 minutes. Okay. And where can people find you? Social media and website? Everywhere. If they just search for the <laughs> Eiffel Tower, yeah. it should be everywhere. I'd yeah. be surprised if someone well, couldn't find it. We're talking before, and I just put Paris podcast on Google. Yeah. You're the first one that came up. You know what I did? I looked up... Um, because there's travel, there's charts, yeah. right? Well, you've got a travel podcast, so you know you can yeah. see if yeah. you're in the charts for different countries and stuff. Yeah. 
So I was trying to think about how to say what, what my show is, but it's been, it's peaked at number one for Travel Podcast. Yeah, in, in general? In, in, well, they do it by country, right? Yes. So I was looking at which countries it's peaked at one, because it can tell you. It can tell you the top that my show's ever been in Greece yeah, yeah. is whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was super interesting, because there are lots of countries where it's been number one, like, yeah. like America, mm-hmm. but then, uh, or Australia, or Canada, or whatever, but then in um, some countries, like, like Japan, I know that they don't, you know, they might be listening to Japanese ones. Okay, but in Ireland, for example, yeah. it was way lower. And I was like, I wonder what it is. Is it about some countries just love Paris? Is it about, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I found it really interesting. But I was glad to have had number one in America. That's that was a cool. huge achievement. And you know, I was trying to figure out, I was like, how can you even say what that is? Like, what's the fact? Is it like when a singer has had a number one single? Because I'm definitely not the number one travel podcast in America right now. I doubt it. Hmm. So I was once number one. What does that even mean? I don't even know what it means. Well, it's like I've had a hit single once. <laughs> yeah. Is that yeah, what it means? About, about the income. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah chart, is it chart topping? Is that what you could say? I yeah, don't know. you could say, you said award winning. That's award winning, right? Yeah, you won award. So that's probably more. Yeah, also yeah, forget number one. If, yeah. if someone's given you an award, that's award winning in the title. Done. Yeah, although what happens if uh, you've won an award that's a lame award? <laughs> that's not as good as being number one in America. No, 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 maybe not. Nothing maybe means not. anything. Everything's a lie. <laughs> I think just honestly, what I said before is it's not about as fun as it can be to see charts or to get nice reviews or whatever. Like the most important thing I think is to put out a show that I believe in. And yeah. same for you, you put out something yeah. that you like, that you think, that you want people to listen to, and that they enjoy it is a great bonus. Exactly, that's absolutely key. I can't stress that enough, and that's mm. why it's just important to get the content correct. Like mm. don't care about the stats. But do you know Simon Sinek, the uh, English? Uh, no, he's um, no, he's English speaking. He's like a talk around the world about all sorts of things but he was on the podcast in the UK called The Diary CEO one of the oh yeah no, I know podcasts. what you're talking about yeah yeah and the guy said oh yeah so this is like a top charting podcast in the UK and he went well, yeah for now yeah he said but you don't do it for that yeah, yeah there you it's going to go eventually someone yeah. else is going to come yeah, along you so go. you have to do it for the right reasons yeah yeah, yeah. percentage of podcasts that make it as in a financially is, oh. is, is nothing and no. so if one is lucky enough to get to that then it's just like yeah. enjoy the ride because it's uh, it's a tough, I don't know. We're not here to talk about podcasts. No, we're not. not. No. But it's, uh, it's, you know, yeah. it's always nice to talk to another podcaster about. Yeah, yeah. I guess we understand yeah, behind the, the struggles and the wins. Yeah. Okay. Frightfully uninteresting for all the people who came here for Paris <laughs> yeah. tips. Yeah. Okay, slightly more interesting. We're going to finish the episode on quickfire travel questions. Yes. This is my feature where some of your favorite things that you've seen worldwide or Paris. Sure. I kind of make them up as I go. Oh, so. I love it. Go for it. Hey, yeah. Just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with TeePublic, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as T-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcast, and other stuff. Thank you. It's travel question time. The first question is maybe top three favorite countries that you travel to. Uh, let's say Italy. Yeah, I have to say France, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Tanzania. 
Oh, lovely. Yeah. Okay, that's my list. Caught you. <laughs> Caught you by surprise. <laughs> that piqued my interest. Yeah. That, yeah. Have you been? No, I've not. There's no. a lot to see there. Yeah. Okay. What about three countries that you've not travelled to? That's next on the list. Japan. Yeah. Canada. Okay. Expensive these two trips already. I don't know. I should have. I should have done micro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and maybe um, Argentina. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's a big trip. I can't do that in one go. Argentina is a trip in itself. Yeah, but well, so is Canada and Japan. Yep, and Japan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's alright. This is dreaming, right? I'm yeah, allowed yeah. to, I'm allowed to dream. dream. Yeah. yeah, of course. Okay, what about three favorite cuisines that you've experienced? I said I'm not a foodie. I did say that. Yeah. I didn't say I'm not a foodie. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so like Japanese, Italian, French. That's, like that's fine by me. Yeah. What about if you could pick one seat in the world that's not Paris? Yeah. Where you can sit and have a coffee and watch the world go by? Yeah. Where else would you sit? Something that I'm familiar with or something that I want to go to? Oh, let's, let's do one of each. Yeah. I'm not going to ask for where you've been, but let's say where you imagine as well as so one of each. Well, uh, I really like the Australian coffee scene is really good. Yes. I think Melbourne is the best, but I think Sydney visually is really, like, you can find a really beautiful, like, yeah. you've got cafes and some amazing places. Yeah. Like, just amazing places. Like, visually, mm. nature, like, incredible. So, that would be a nice one, and the coffee would be good. Yeah. And then I'd like to go to, I'm not going to say Italy again, I keep saying Italy, it's a bit, uh, come on, I can do better than that. But, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a classic answer. It was meant to be, no, but it's meant to be somewhere I haven't been, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I want to go to some weird city, like popular city in America I've never been to, like Chicago or something. I'd love to go over there and just uh, see what day-to-day -day life is like. I don't know why Chicago. Interesting. I've been to like New York and LA yeah. and stuff, just some big old city there and see what. What a weird answer. I never really guessed that. I don't think that had Chicago's nuts. Good. Yeah, that's so what I want to yeah, yeah. I want to see what it's like. Let me yeah. see what it's like. Yeah. Okay. And what about a favorite walk or hike that you've done? Oh, I got a good one for you. There's a um, the Abel Tasman National Walk or whatever in, yeah. in uh, New, Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, the north side of the South Island. That was incredible. Yeah. That was really good. I look back on that sometimes. I'm like, wow, that was really like, beautiful. Through the trees, along the beaches, camping a couple of days, yeah. yeah. Timing it for the tides so that you can cross different bits here yes. and there. Glow worms at night. Oh. Have you done that exact walk? You used to live in New Zealand, yeah. Oh, cool, yeah. yeah. Where did you what live? Place? Wellington. Nice, so not far away at all from Yeah, that. so you can do like multiple days or one day, right? So mm. if you do like, you park yeah. the car up, get there. Someone dropped, we had friends that lived oh, there. Okay, fair and they yeah. dropped us at one end and then we walked for, it must have been three or four days or something. Yeah. I think it was a while ago now, but I just remember, I can still picture it really clearly. And then, um, and then another really good hike. Yeah. I went in uh, Cortina in Italy. Okay. And I did like proper Via Ferrata, like hooking on and going up on the mountain. Hardcore. That was, it wasn't that hardcore. It sounds hardcore maybe, but it was it was really nice as well. And just the mountains were beautiful. Beautiful. There you go. There's two good ones. I got another one for you. Yeah, yeah, please fire away. Yeah. Uh, I climbed up uh, this mountain called Kebnekaise, which is the okay. tallest mountain in Sweden. Oh, I yeah. did in the summer. And so there's still snow at the top in summer, but it's just an incredible, it was like maybe two or three days of, of walking, like you walk to sort of the, the base of it and the mm -hmm. next day you all the way up and then come back down again. They say that from the top of it, because it's so high and Sweden's quite flat, you can see 10% of Sweden from the top. Wow. How about that? So there's oh. three really different <laughs> walks for you. That's insane. Yeah. I need to research that. that do it, yeah. yeah. You need okay. to do it. You need to do it. Yeah, do it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On, a, on a list. Yeah. Uh, quick fire here, how many countries have you traveled to? I don't know, okay. like 35? Yeah, decent. Yeah, 35-ish, yeah. Okay. yeah. And I normally finish podcast with this question. 
a few lines to the listeners of why someone should go and travel, and maybe specifically why they should visit Paris. Firstly, broaden your mind. You've got to broaden your mind. You've got to jump in the deep end. You've got to be go to a foreign country where you you realize for the first time that you're stupid <laughs> because you can't communicate. You're, you're, you're like a child again, you know? Yeah. Like you go back to zero. And I think it's really good for you. I think a lot of people who haven't traveled, like I've met, I meet a lot of people who come to Paris from different countries and they don't, they haven't traveled much and they don't realize that you can't just go into a cafe and speak loudly at a French person and get what you want. Like you've yeah. got to, it's humbling and yeah, it's important. And yeah. if you've traveled a lot, then you know that you're way more aware of it, that you are, like, you, it, the world doesn't, it's an ego thing, you know, the world doesn't revolve around you. So yep. I think it, for that, broadening your mind, but also understanding yourself even more, I think it's really good. Paris is an unbelievably beautiful place, mm-hmm. just steeped in history, both both recent amazing history, yeah. like a hundred years ago, but, like, just down there, Julius Caesar came here 2,000 years ago, yeah. looking around, this is where he was like, yeah, this will do, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> that's, that's incredible, that's just yeah. there, like, yeah, that yeah. island, three minutes walk away, yeah. so you can find, even if you're not into history, that's got to impress you, you know, yeah. so you get this huge mix of all that, mixed in with, like, these cool new restaurants, coffee shops, cultures, language, music, art, yeah. there's all so that. much going on here. I don't know, I don't think I need to say more than that no. to encourage somebody to come here, and also the people are, like, on a serious note, the people are, I think French people, especially Parisians, can have a bad rap for being impolite and so on. I think it's totally incorrect. I said this a lot before. I think what it often is is people who aren't doing what I just said. So take a step back, come here, realize you as a tourist, you don't know how to talk to the people. Yeah. Like you're probably in the wrong. Like you're probably yeah. breaking the social norms or the accepted etiquette or whatever. Yeah. So come here, be ready, say bonjour, be friendly, say merci and, and so on. You know, make an effort. And, and doors will open for you and you'll have a good time, I'm sure of it. Awesome. Just to finish very quickly, I've, I've felt so humbled here because my French is shocking. Mm. And normally you get away with speaking a little bit of language slash English. But here, I just feel like I'm a child. I can't speak to people in French mm. and I feel really bad. Mm. And I can say like bonjour, merci, and all that sort of stuff. But It's yeah, great that you make that effort though because yeah. I, think, I think a lot of people who feel exactly what you feel, I've seen it many times, they come here and they they're like, oh, I don't speak it, so I just speak English because I don't yes. even want to say bonjour. And that can be considered as really rude as yes. well. Like, if you think about it, if a French person came to wherever, in England, let's say, and walked in and they're just like, oh, I'm uncomfortable, I'll just speak French. Oh, yeah. I saw that happen in London once. Someone speaking French, I think, or it doesn't matter, they're speaking a foreign language to a guy at the train station trying to buy a ticket. Yeah. And the dude at the, at the ticket thing was looking around at everyone like, who is this idiot speaking yeah. to me in French? Yeah. And I was like, whoa, like, seeing it from that perspective. Yeah. It's so different, you know, like, because I mean, because even though you don't speak French, I bet you're still getting by somewhat in English, you know. But it wouldn't happen the reverse in, in going to what, England or, or Norwich in England, right? Going to Norwich, speaking French, exactly. Yeah, you'd be ridiculed, right? Yeah. So you know, it's nice to the perspective, perspective, and that's what traveling is all about. To sum it up, perspective, shift your perspective, realize the world is a lot bigger than you think it is. Yeah, and appreciate it. Brilliant. That's a great way to finish the episode. So, Oliver, thanks for coming on. Thanks for really appreciate your time. My pleasure. And I'll put all the links in the, in the show notes so people can access your podcast, your website, etc. And yeah, thanks for meeting me in person, having the coffee, and talking power. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I enjoy myself a lot. Cheers, dude. Thank you for listening to my Winging It Travel podcast episode today. You can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Winging It Travel podcast. You can search for both. I release weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as photos from the last 8 to 10 years of my travels. 
You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel Podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website, jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels, and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice. Alternatively, you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling, and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.